Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Welcome one, welcome all. I am Katie Patrick, joined by Mr. Pumpkin Spice and everything nice, yes. a David Fiorazzo. Now, before we do get started, please make sure you have our Freedom Project Media app on your phone, basically, and your tablet. Why not put it on both? It's a free app and it allows us to notify you when new episodes are ready. As you probably are aware, Facebook is eh, maybe not the biggest of fans of ours, so please download the Freedom Project Media app and allow for notifications. Well, today, we're going to start with the ridiculous woke indoctrination of our nation's military. As it turns out, the U.S. Air Force Academy is now training cadets to not only use words that include all genders, but hey, hey, stop using words like mom and dad. Come on, Katie, that's offensive to some people. Mm, I'm so sorry, not. Mom and dad. And we're talking about the military here? We're talking about grade school. Oh, okay. A diversity and inclusion training by the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado instructs cadets to use words that include all genders, right? The slide presentation is titled Diversity and Inclusion. I thought the D-I-E or the D-E-I was <laughs> just in public schools and academia and the university level, but apparently now it's the armed forces. Uh, so what is it and why we care? And what can we do? Advises cadets to use, quote, person-centered and gender-neutral language when describing individuals. Let's just look at that first slide there. What can I do now? Uh, we're talking about inclusive language, which um, 50 years ago, nobody cared. Uh, we just cared about defending a nation in our borders, but not anymore. What do people call themselves when in doubt ask? Include all genders. Katie, uh, take it away here. I, I don't, I'm gonna get frustrated with this. <laughs> nonsense. Well, the, the simple fact that if you're, if you're not, if you're just listening to us, you can't see, but if you can see there are how many bullet points in here that these people need to memorize. Eight, we, nine, we, we can't ten. just use the standard English language. We now have to make it so specific that our cadets for the Air Force has to actually understand that, you know, you have to include all the genders, which include y'all, team, squaddies, squaddies. What? That sounds very, well, hey, you're out there, <laughs> out there in battle. Squaddies. 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 Come on right. up, squaddies. Uh, you can say everyone and folks. Oh, folks. Mm. But you can't say you guys. Well, then. And then you can say a partner, but you can't say a boyfriend, girlfriend. Oh, brother. Oh, oh, oh probably can't say that either. Yeah, you can't say, oh, brother. Oh, so parents, caregivers, guard, instead of mom and dad, parents, you can say, um, yeah, at least you can still say parents. But the next one, not colorblind or I don't see color or we're just all people. In other words, all lives matter. You can't say that. Well, wait, wait, what if I am colorblind? Like females aren't colorblind, but males, I guess, can be colorblind. What if some guys I are can't colorblind. see color? Like <laughs> literally, just, I can't see color. Leave me alone. Do you see the way some men dress? Anyway, what, what the N, the R or the F? I don't understand that. Can you translate that for oh, me? Oh, well, the N word. Oh, and you okay, can't that say word. the R word. What's or the, the R word? Uh, well, can I say it? I to, really don't know what it is. To retard something. Oh. And that is used in the proper term. Okay, okay. I, that's to, yeah, in the F word we know. But anyways, oh, wait, what? We can't say terrorist now? Wait, 
Wait, wait. Wait a minute. Is this? Hold is, on. Hold on. Stop. <laughs> is this the military we're talking about? This is about? the Air Force cadet training, yeah. and you cannot, in the Air Force cadet training, say terrorist. Okay. I want to read something real quick before we run out of time. This is important. A friend of mine uh, who I interview sometimes on uh, Stand Up For The Truth podcast, her name is Cheryl Chumley. She writes for the Washington Times. And the title of her article is Air Force Goes Full Throttle Pansy. <laughs> and she says, um, this past June, uh, there was a headline that said, U.S. Marine Corps Goes Woke, Celebrates Pride Month with Rainbow Bullets. And... Um, the U.S. military is facing the biggest recruiting shortfall. So there are a lot of consequences from, from some of this woke garbage, right, and political correctness and all that. There, and when you're trying to protect a nation from enemies who would like to kill us or damage or destroy America, um, this kind of stuff that the Biden administration is, is pushing is dangerous, if you think of it from, on that way. And it says, U.S. military is facing the biggest recruiting shortfall in decades. In fact, it's the first time the military recruitment has been, been this low since the military got rid of the draft in 1973. And she says, who wants to join the military out of patriotic pride, honor, and duty for America, only to be told such patriotism is racist? When, and one more thing, she says, the White House needs to get serious about America's fighting forces, but quick. It's only a matter of time before governments hostile to America exploit the weakness of our going woke military branches. Pansies are for planting, not fighting. That's Cheryl Chumley at the Washington Times. Pansies are pretty. I like pansies. They're for planting, not But not in my military. Not fighting. Not in my military, because oh. if you put the diversity, inclusivity, and equity into our military, that's exactly what you'll get out. You will get D-I-E, die, and that's oh. what's going to happen to all of us. But hey, it didn't just stop with their whole, like, why, you know, DNI for them is important and all this. They had to start first with a just a little, you know, we call them icebreakers or brain <laughs> teasers or something. And, and so they had our, again, Air Force Academy cadets do a one-minute activity. Oh, no internet access allowed for this. Oh, this has got to be Ooh, grade school. This you is had not to... No, no, military. sorry. This is our Air Force, okay, David? Uh, now, you need to get a piece of paper and a writing utensil, because um, can we not say pens or pencils anymore? Is that offensive, too? A writing utensil. I guess you can write with lipstick. And then when I, whoever the I is, say go, list as many G animals as you can think of on a piece of paper. Really? And then put your writing utensils down when I say stop. Okay. Now, I'm offended by, ugh, you're going to tell me to stop? How dare you? Uh, but well, let's see what the results of- G animals? G animals. What is this? This is the Air Force. Yes, 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 David. But we're going to find out. Oh, my goodness gracious. Look at all those G animals. Did you know such things exist? Like a uh, green bee eater or a green rat snake. What a golden masked owl. A, yes, did you, there's a golden, oh, a golden Newfie. Oh, they're big. Anyway, uh, there's golden things and there's German things. Are we allowed to talk about the Germans? Gecko. In the Air Force? Anyway. Uh, Guinea pig. You got that? Hey, how about a gorilla? Oh, that's offensive to me. Anyway, here are all the ones they came up with, including a gnat. I like it. Um, but then, what's the point, you may ask? Well, they had a point. Of course they had a point. How many G animals did you generate as an individual? And how many G animals did your class slash squadron or squaddies, you know, squaddies generate? 
What does this activity show us about the power of combining our diverse perspectives? If this were an operational USAF, USSF challenge, think COH. <laughs> Nonsense. What risks might be present <clears throat> if we did not fully leverage the diversity of our group? Yes, because when we're in battle together, our squatty, if we can't name all of the, you know, T letter animals. I mean, where would we be? This is amazing. Oh, this, this is amazing. I mean, it's a story because it's happening in our military. I want to just quote Florida Congressman uh, Michael Waltz. He said, every hour, every day you're spending training on this stuff. You're not training on all the other things that we need that I would argue would be a higher priority to fight and win wars. All right, we got to go move on. Still to come, we head to the streets of Georgetown, uh-oh, to ask students their thoughts on the new push to remove grading from college classes. That's next. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Shocker, shocker, I have a shocker. Uh-oh. Not really. Universities are trying to make it even more difficult to fail our students. Mm, that shocks no one. And uh, at the, the same time that they're trying to not fail them, they're clearly failing them, which is, I guess, an irony. Well, there's been talk, a little chatter, about switching grading systems from having grades to just a simple um, pass or no pass. We can't even say pass, fail, because ouch, ouch, triggered. If you say the word fail. Well, they can't call it a grading system yes, anymore. It's, it's not, so then you go, <laughs> let's go from a path, no path system. And wow. Campus Reform actually reported on this back in May, how the University of California system was considering permanently going to the switch or switching to a pass, no pass. And we talked about it on the show. Um, and this obviously will solve the bias and inequities problem that we have supposedly, which obviously it doesn't. So Allie Simon, who is Campus Reform's editorial intern, decided to hit the sidewalks at Georgetown um, and ask the youngins what they think about ditching the A to F scale. Take a look. So currently the University of California system and MIT are both considering making the pass-fail system permanent and here to stay, even as we start to transition out of the COVID era. So would you be in support of this? I don't think so. No. I don't want my engineer from MIT to be like pass fail. <laughs> yeah, I'd be perfectly in with that. I think I would. I would definitely not. <laughs> Having a pass fail system would allow them um, more room to like live their life. It's really beneficial and even if it's more of an option. No, that's wrong. If someone doesn't do well in school, it doesn't mean that they're dumb or not intelligent. It just, certain things work for other people. It's like if you're passing at a C level, that like that person that got a C could be a future doctor. The American Bar Association is considering getting rid of the LSAT as well. And some colleges like the California State System and Stanford University have already gotten rid of the ACT and SAT requirements. So how do you guys think this would affect the overall value of higher education? I wouldn't want a lawyer representing me that you know, may not be as well versed in those fields, you know, but, um, you know, undergrad is, is, is a different story. The LSAT doesn't really 
determine like how well somebody's gonna do in law school. If everyone can get into top colleges, there's like no point in them being top colleges anymore. Like hopefully the institutions remain strong enough to, um, you know, make skilled workers. Well then. Wow. That's always some good stuff. In watching the full clip of it, it is actually quite funny because the two females, the one in the pink and the other one in the other not so much clothing, uh, <laughs> kind of get into a little tiff, a little fight. Um, and she says, I, the one in pink says, I don't want, you know, her, to her friend or whatever, you know, you're dumb, basically, and says, I don't want you to, you know, bring I don't want to work with you, you know, bring, bring me down. But it makes a good point. If we get rid of the A to F, it makes it even easier if there's instead of going, you know, A, B, C, D, F, five tiers to two tiers, how many people are going to put forth a lot of effort once they they put get into that pass, they're done. And I certainly don't want my doctor to be just having passed. This is a completely uh, aside from the point, but I didn't like when I was in school when they went from A, B, C, D, E to uh -huh. A, B, C, D, F, because my last name starts with F. And I thought, wait a minute. Why put fail there? Why can't we just leave the E? What did the E stand for, by the way? Do you remember? I don't know. Because it used to be A, B, C, D. It, you got an E. It wasn't an E in my day. I'm a lull young Because girl. they were going in order. A, B, C, D, Because e. e means excellence. So what maybe it's wrong. E? I okay, have no idea. Excellent. I guess <laughs> Not anymore. Certainly not at our colleges. But it, it does. <gasps> the one point I will say is when they're talking about the LSATs and maybe getting rid of the LSATs and how California already is getting rid of like ACT, SAT. This past weekend, actually, I was talking to some of my youngins who I work with at my apple orchard and the kid is in seventh grade. And what, I was like, what are you guys doing in English class? What are you doing in history class? I always ask him every weekend, what are you doing in these classes? And I think it was his English class, interestingly enough. Oh, we're prepping for the ACT. He's in seventh grade. This is what they are spending time doing in schools is prepping for tests, prepping for tests and not tests that you, the teacher develop based on what you're teaching your students, but these standardized tests, the ACTs, the SATs that have no bearing on what they actually know because they're just filling in bubbles. So in that respect, get rid of all these tests, but have standards. If you get rid of the tests, then you're definitely get, getting rid of like every standard and you go to an, uh, a pass-fail system, what are we gonna churn out? What are we already churning out? Yes, good question. Mm, excellent, well anyway, I'll get off my high horse, nay. When we come back, <laughs> we ask the question, how many college students today could pass a basic US citizenship test? <laughs> we have some startling answers, probably not that startling to you, but we're gonna share them when, when we return. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. So let's just play pretend, as our country has been doing for how long now? We're going to pretend, we're going to go to a simple pass-fail, or I'm sorry, pass-no-pass -pass system. And we already know that an overwhelming majority of students cannot pass a citizenship test. In case you didn't know that, uh, they, well, I'm going to back it up with some statistics now. So we're going to add on to our already barely passed 
you know, kids who have already barely passed all their classes. And we're going to then see where in a, 10 years from now, how our society is doing if we go to this simple pass, no pass type system. But we're going to talk specifically about the citizenship test and one professor's little science experiment experiment, social science experiment. Nicholas Giordano is a professor of political science. He's the host of the PAS Report podcast, and he's a fellow at Campus Reform's Higher Education Fellowship. Well, he has two decades, so 20 years. Huh? Look at that. I, I know that. <laughs> I even two, knew that one. You did? Yes. Two decades of teaching experience, and he recently <clears throat> wrote about his experience from the classroom. And he said he learned early on in his teaching career that students lacked basic understanding of the founding of our country. So he said, I decided the best way to measure my students' understanding of the American government was to issue two assignments. And it's funny because I did the same thing in my Intro to American Government course. I, uh, at the beginning of the semester, uh, first day of class actually, he gives his students a citizenship exam asking the most very basic of questions about our founding and about our government. And it's like, if you wanna be a citizen of this country, other than just running across the border, if you want to become a citizen, you have to know these questions or a variety of questions like this, such as who's the speaker of the house, which branch of government has the power to declare war, who's considered the father of constitution, so on and so forth. So he has these questions on this simple test. And um, he said, that basically the overwhelming majority of the students fail the exam. Wow. Did you, I mean, maybe mom and dad, you're watching. Did you know all the answers? Well, hmm? there's a difference between failing and getting one wrong. Oh, there is. Yeah. Except he's got the data to show exactly how much he, the kids fail. So <laughs> after 12 years of administering this exam. Uh-oh. Drum roll, please. Okay. Thank you. Only 348 students have passed out of 2,176. A shameful indictment of our K-12 education system, he says. Wow. Even worse, the passing rate has dropped compared to when I first began giving the exam and has been stagnant over the last five years. It's September. He started the school year. Guess what happened on the first day of class test this year? What happened? Sadly, he says, this semester is no different. The pass rate for the test is 70%. Okay. You need, you need to get a 70 to pass it. Okay. Got it. So you can get some wrong and still pass. You don't have to be perfect. I would have gotten them all right. But so that means if there's to... 10 questions, you'll, you need to get seven right. Look at you and doing your math. I like it. <laughs> you would need to get seven out of the 10. <laughs> out of the approximately 175 students he had. Oh, wait, wait. Thank you. 175 students this semester. 11 passed you're kidding 11 me. he said we're able to pass out of 175. oh lord help us yes please do now for the second assignment that he also provides to test but all wait, of this there's more <laughs> he says i provide them the students with chapter one of the russian constitution replacing russian federation with the united states and duma with congress so he oh just takes a couple words and switches and makes it saying that's hey, great here's the u.s constitution the Russian Constitution was crafted in 1993, okay? So mind you, relatively new in terms of like country organization time, okay. Uh, it begins with, we the multinational people. <laughs> and uh, that 
chap he includes chapter one, which consists of 16 articles. And students are asked to provide a one-paragraph written response sharing their thoughts on the Constitution, which they think is the U.S. Constitution. Realistic what grade is this? This is college. No. Anyway, realistically, their response should be one sentence saying, this is not the United States Constitution. <laughs> but no, no, David. That's it. Simple answer. No, no. No, no, David. He says... Giordano says, instead, many will write how they never really actually read the U.S. Constitution, which is horrifying given the number of years they have attended school prior to taking my course. Others will reference Article 7, where it explains guaranteed minimum wages. Again, this is the Russian Constitution. Russian Constitution. Guaranteed minimum wages and salaries shall be established. State support ensured to the family, maternity, paternity, and childhood, to disabled persons and the elderly, the system of social services developed, state pensions. Allowances and other social security guarantees shall be established. And the praise, they praise the foresight of the founding fathers. They praise the foresight of that the our Russian, founding fathers of, <laughs> obviously knew about minimum wage and paternity leave and uh, social security guarantees. Oh, the, so the founding fathers, it, they were like prophetic. They were so prophetic, <laughs> apparently. They knew all this. Giordano then says, needless to say, when I reveal the results and my deception, the look on the students' faces is priceless. The shock, embarrassment, and shame can be seen in their expressions. These exercises, however, have proven to be an invaluable tool to make my classes more successful, and they dramatically improve student engagement. That's what a good teacher does, is gets wow. the light bulb to go off in the heads of the students. It gets them to critically think, and that's exactly what... His point is, he says, um, when, when they're like, wow, I thought it was kind of weird that, you know, in the 21st century, like, they had, they were talking about these back when they wrote it, you know, the founding fathers, like the student stamp. But he says, um, my response to the student is always, why didn't you say anything or do any of your research? Do a quick internet search. Yeah. Like, why did you just go along with what was said and not question it? And they always say, that since I'm the professor, they trusted me and I would know more about the subject matter than they do. Oh, and that boy. right there tells you everything you need to know about what is happening at our universities. It's just blind leading the blind. We have professors who don't really know what's happening, telling students information and indoctrinating them with whatever it is that they believe because they don't actually know or want to tell the students. Well, they don't want to read the Constitution in that junior too. high and high school because they're told America is an evil country based on, you know, whatever. And so that's one another reason they don't read the Constitution. So it's sad. Quite. But, well, you know it's not sad? What? Before we go, which is up next, Yay. as we're going to discuss a new law that bans meat advertising in the pursuit of utopia and we're going to count down our top babylon b headlines of the week please don't buzz off we want to hear from you if you have a question or comment for katie david or any of our other show hosts simply visit stayeducated.org that's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, before we go, how much do you like your meat, America? Well, a Dutch city just outside of Amsterdam is becoming the first in the world to ban meat advertisements from public spaces. Why, you ask? Well, it's all because of Mother Gaia and, of course, climate change. 
starting in 2024. The city of Harlem won't be saying, where's the beef? Proponents of the ban argue the new law will help reduce meat consumption and greenhouse gas emissions. In addition, the law will ban advertisements for vacation, air travel, gas-powered vehicles, and fossil fuels. Fun fact, approximately 95% of Dutch people eat meat, including 20% every day. So Katie, is Greta Thunberg behind the scenes yes. pulling oh. the strings with a juicy Big Mac in her hand and laughing all the time, you know? How dare you? How dare you how suggest dare that you? I'm a hypocrite? You, how dare you? How dare you? Speaking of hamburgers, Heinz Ketchup is being forced to make a major change to the iconic label on their bottles. Why? Queen Elizabeth II has passed away. The company will now have to remove the royal warrant displayed at the top and front of its UK bottles. The distinctive image features the Lion of England, Unicorn of Scotland, and a shield divided into four quarters, followed by the words, by appointment to Her Majesty the Queen. Heinz is among 800 food and drink uh, retailers making the same move following the late monarch's passing. So Katie, even after death, Queen Elizabeth II is still sticking it to the man in a way. Well, two things on that. Number one, Charles, eh, <laughs> feminine enough. Two, <laughs> this is why you don't have a monarch. Just one of the reasons why you don't have a monarch. All right. Well, finally, let's wrap things up with a great segment uh, that's become everybody's favorite from the famous satire site, The Babylon Bee. Here are this week's top five Babylon Bee headlines. We picked our favorite Babylon Bee headlines to see which one should be crowned queen of the hive numero uno. And let's start with John Pierre clarifies that official White House policy is the opposite of whatever Biden says in interviews. 60, next, 60 Minutes editor exhausted after pulling all-nighter, removing racial slurs from Biden's interview. <laughs> next, Bordertown puts up Martha's Vineyard sign in hopes government will, will come pick up all their illegal immigrants. <laughs> next, Disney chooses bald actress to play Rapunzel in live action remake. And finally, Spirit Airlines introduces new bargain flight where they just launch you wait, they just launch you in a medieval catapult. Catapult! Catapult! That's so nice. Katie, I, I don't know what my favorite you one is. You go first then. All right. Um, go back to the one uh, after after Biden. Can you can the we, one oh, we after Biden? Bordertown? Um, yeah, the Martha's Vineyard one. <laughs> the Bordertown puts up Martha's Vineyard sign and hopes that the government will come pick up all their illegal immigrants. Actually, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah, yours. well, I, I usually go with the ones that involve Biden in some way because uh, they're just always good. But you know what? Just to spice things up, not pumpkin spice, but just to spice things up, I'm going to go with the Spirit Airlines because if you've ever flown Spirit, hands in the air because you're so parsimonious like I am, hey -o, uh yeah. I'll, I'll probably take that bargain flight, and I will, <laughs> I will be launched in a medieval catapult. Well, medieval, sure, why not? Medieval catapult. Might be more comfortable, and maybe they'll give me some peanuts. Maybe. Catapult, spirit to the sky. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this segment anyway. More to come next time, Katie. Well, that's it. 
there you go my people make sure you do smash that like button if you're watching us on that social media screen and please 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 do send us your feedback your questions your comments your concerns by going to stayeducated.org for david for myself thank you for watching thank you for listening and thank you for supporting this show until next time stay educated educated is directed and produced by mike menzel hosted by katie petrick and david fiorazzo Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.